the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Hey, it's Sue Freeze here, and uh, it's a new day. And it is a new day, and we only have today. Do you realize that? There's a radio program that I listen to, and a singer came on. And the name of the, the song was Today. And her words were so perfect because we have today. And that's what we have. But when we think about what we have today, and now because of our situation across the world, our today isn't anything like it was just even two months ago, is it? Our today is so different today than it was then. I walked into the building that I'm in right now, and there's a big sign, no neon, but a big sign saying cannot enter without having a face mask on. And, you know, if somebody would have said that to me three months ago, I would have said, hmm, what country are we in and what's going on? And I haven't been in the radio station for a couple of months because I just wanted to make sure that everybody was staying healthy and, and uh, you know, doing our part to to keep this to a minimum. So, Freedom. What does freedom mean to you? I took a lot of time this weekend to just think about what freedoms were or are to me. And I'm wondering if you did the same. There was a gentleman by the name of Scott that um, he was in the military, and he posted on Facebook, Instagram, I think it was Instagram, and he was saying, hi, everybody. And he says, I don't want to say happy Memorial Day because that's not what it's about. It's about the freedoms that did not come free. And I thought that was so perfect and so true. And I think that we've taken our freedoms for granted for a very, very, very long time. And now that we're restricted and now that we don't have the freedoms we had for normal, our normal, uh, it's just changed, I think, most people's perspective. And there's a new appreciation for our freedoms or our lack of now. It's like the things that we just kind of took for granted were really missing, like going to dinner, to hanging out with our friends and our family, and not being fearful or worrying about, am I going to get sick, or could I have it, and could I be giving somebody else it without even knowing? And it's real, isn't it? It's real. I'm thankful that churches are now beginning to open. And I'm thankful that I'm seeing more people gathering. Yesterday, when I was taking a walk around the block, there were tables set out in the front yard. Now, I haven't seen this. In all my years, I haven't seen this, where there were tables set out outside, and they were all sitting their tables out on the driveways. And so they were having dinner together at a distance. 
they had their table on their driveway and this neighbor had theirs on theirs and there were people walking around and I think people were learning who their neighbors were and they probably living living next door to each other for 10, 15 years and maybe not even known their neighbors. So it's kind of interesting how things have changed, but not all for the worst. A lot of things have changed for the better. So there is a couple of articles that I want to read here and uh, just to give us perspective. Because I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about history and how, you know, I never really enjoyed history. I never enjoyed history. And this person's saying, you know, I really don't enjoy rehashing the past. And I'm saying, okay, I get that. But if we don't learn the history or if we don't think about what happened before, most likely what's going to happen is the same thing again in relationships, in business, in any aspect of our lives, we need to look at the past to not go through that same process again. We have to learn from history. We have to learn from our past to not let those things keep reoccurring. Does that make sense? To me, it makes perfect sense. So, you know, in school, I I have a nephew and he's like, oh, I can't stand school right now because everything that they're teaching me, I feel like there's no application to real life. I don't feel like what I'm being taught I can use in real life. And I hear people sometimes that go to church and they say, I just spent an hour, hour and a half at church, and I feel like there was nothing there that's applicable to my life now to help me get through whatever it is I'm going through. And there's truth to that. We all are looking for answers. We're looking for lessons and, and to learn new ways of doing things to maybe have the outcome be different than it was before, aren't we? And what's the best way to do that? To listen to radio shows, listen to podcasts, to read books on self-help, or maybe get more into the Bible and what God says and learn who we are in him. And to me, that's the ultimate of ultimate freedoms. Because when you understand what God says and you understand what he's telling you to do, he's not telling you to do that to make it painful for you. He's trying to ease the pain by saying, look, if you follow my ways... Your burden's going to be light. It's not that it's going to be easy all the time. No, he doesn't promise that, does he? He doesn't promise that. What he does promise is that it's going to be easier and better because you're not going to be in the middle. You're going to, you know, it's it's like there's truth and there's non-truth. So which way are you going to go? Freedom. We read about freedom. We dream about freedom. Rejoice in the notion of freedom. Teach, advocate and hope for freedom. But what do we mean by freedom? And freedom means many things to, to people, doesn't it? We can view freedom politically as having the opportunity to vote for particular ideas, people, or parties, which best represent our views. Closely tied to this is the notion of freedom of speech, where one has a liberty to voice their personal opinion or perspective. Others understand freedom in a financial context where people seek to free themselves of financial debt, outstanding credit, and burdensome loans. What does true freedom look like? Does it look like a voter's ballot or someone walking out of prison? Is it seen in being able to buy anything I want or in the fact that I don't owe a thing to anyone? Of course, it's crucial to define what we mean by freedom so that we know what we're looking for what we're hoping to attain. In our minds, in your mind, you need to be visualizing what kind of lifestyle you want to live. You want to, you want to visualize what kind of person you want to be. 
And if you're a parent, you want to visualize what kind of child do you want to raise? What are the virtues and the character qualities that you want to invest in for your child? And we think that once our particular freedom is achieved, all our problems will be solved. Why do we think that? Why do we think that? For instance, say a child runs outside and climbs a tree because he wants to get away and be free. In his exuberant effort to be free, the boy wanders out onto a tree limb, turns around, and begins severing the last connection he has with the world, the limb. Having sawed through the limb, the boy quickly realizes that he not only failed in achieving his goal of complete freedom, but discovers that what he was seeking wasn't true freedom at all. In his effort to achieve freedom, the boy finds himself in a worse situation than before. Broken limbs and all. There are two sides to the freedom coin. Not surprisingly, the Bible says quite a bit about freedom. When I ask my assistant to pull up freedom, I'm like, I don't remember freedom even being in the Bible. I don't know where freedom is. And she found quite a few things, despite any impressions we might have about it being merely a book of restrictive rules, like I was saying before. In reality, if we are willing to consider it, the Bible can help us distinguish between what it means for us to be free from something and to be free to do or be something. Freedom from and freedom to are two sides of the freedom coin. I'm going to stop there and just say that God gave you freedom of choice to choose him or to choose whatever it is you want to do. And I can tell you from personal experience, when I choose him and the ways I believe he wants me to go, my life is better. Just saying. Personal experience, that's what I found to be true. Every time I veer from that, the consequences are great. For example, let's say that we're in deep financial debt. We realize our desperate state and begin to strategically work our way out of financial bondage. It may take months, years, or even decades. But eventually, we hope to balance our budget and move from being in the red to in the black. But even if we accomplish our goal and attain financial freedom, particularly freedom from debt, have we really attained true freedom? In other words, does having no financial debt necessarily mean that we have attained financial freedom? Not really. See, our hearts, which drove us into debt in the first place, remain unchanged. It may be the case, and unfortunately it often is, that as soon as we get out of debt, we plunge right back into it. Why? Because our hearts see and desire something it cannot live without. So we buy it, and voila, we're in debt again. So if our hearts are not changed, neither will our behavior change. That's why the Bible says that true freedom begins in the heart. We act on our thoughts and behave according to our desires. Think about that for a second. Just digest that for a second we act on our thoughts in our minds and behave according to what we want our desires now this would be true with foods also it's it's the same with foods you know people i i have friends that they diet and they do really well but then they get off the diet and go back what do they do they go back to their old habits because it feels good tastes good and it's something they want so it's a vicious cycle it just keeps happening over and over again so it's in our thoughts, right? It starts in our thoughts. You will be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Interestingly, the Bible likens the human heart to a tree. And here's what it says. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, 
but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Matthew seven seventeen eighteen twelve thirty three through 35. The source of our actions is the heart. If it's diseased, the fruit or our actions will be rotten too. We could stop right now, and if you just dived into that, it would change your life. It, it would really change your life if you would just read that and really digest it, really take it in and understand that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think about that. What we dwell on, what we think about, what we listen to, what we put in our mouths, what we listen to through our ears, all of these things matter to the outcome, what comes out. You know, in the computer, uh, you know, day and age, I remember people saying all the time, garbage in, garbage out of the computer. So if you put not the right information in the computer, when you run a report, you're not going to get the right information. You're going to get the wrong information because that's what was fed into it. And the same thing applies to us. What are we feeding into our bodies, this temple that God created, our temple, our body? What are we doing? And of course, it's always good to be out of debt. But to simply balance the books is only a peripheral remedy. It is merely treating the symptoms rather than dealing with the disease. True freedom is only achieved when our hearts are changed, not when the books are balanced. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, oneword.com. I would love it so, so very much if you would join me and, and connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. There are over 10 years of podcasts. There are the IMs that tell you can read those every morning. I suggest it because that's how you transform your mind is by listening and reading out loud to yourself what God says about you. The IMs is I am blank. I am a conqueror. I am a child of God. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I could go on and on and on. But when we state these things out loud in our ears, in our hearts, and our minds, hear these words, we're building a new belief system, a new perspective. And once we change that belief system, because a person's belief system is their reality. They're, what they believe, that's the reality. Whether it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. They're going to make their decisions based on their belief system. So the only way is a change of heart, a change of mind, in order to change the outcome. We have time to focus on these things right now. We have more time than normal. There's that word normal. But we have more time right now to focus on ourselves, to get ourselves better and ready for when everything opens up again. Are you going to be the same before this happened? Are you going to be the same or are you going to be changed and changed in a good way? For me, I'm doing things different. I'm doing a lot of things different. You'd laugh at me if I told you what I'm doing different, but it's helping, and it's doing, it, it is really a good thing. And one is, I'm praying first. That's one thing I'm doing. And I wasn't always doing that, if I, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I wasn't always praying first. And now I am, because I feel that when I'm prayed up, it's a better day. And when he's in charge of what's going on in my heart, my mind, my soul, and my life, it's a better day. So 
There is a debt that every human has, a disease that we all suffer from, which no human strategy can ever conquer or cure. It is not a bondage to external things primarily, though it does work its way out in external expressions. No, our problem is much deeper. It is bondage of the will, a captivity of the soul, a deadness of heart. The Bible tells us that we were made by God to honor him and delight in him forever. Yet we choose to sin and rebel against God by abandoning our created purpose of worshiping him in order to do our own thing and pridefully make a name for ourselves. This rebellion against God known as the fall caused mankind to fall from the innocence in which they were created and become corrupted by sin. Due to our sin, we have all received the consequential penalty of sin, namely spiritual and physical death. Death reigns in all of us, so every one of us is spiritually dead, separated from God, and will also die physically one day. Not only this, but throughout our life, the effects of sin affect everything we do. The marrying of stains of sin are pervasive within each one of us, distorting the way we think, desire, and behave. All of our thoughts, feelings, and actions are tainted by our sin. Yet in all of this, the human heart remains free in one regard, free to choose whatever it desires. But here's the catch. The human heart is corrupted and enslaved by evil. So it does not naturally desire to do what honors God. That's not natural. All our thoughts, words, and actions are tainted in various degrees with prideful sin and rebellion against God. So. Even though we are free to choose, we freely choose sin, continually as a habit of nature. Ultimately, the final consequence of our sin against God is hell, a state of total and unending disconnection and separation from God, and all that is good, a place of unhindered, perpetual bondage to unrestrained evil, horror, and suffering resulting from everyone doing all their selfish and sinful heart's desires, no matter what harm it may cause to others. I know that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But I think some of us don't even realize what we do, what we say, how our tone, how our body language, how our actions affect other people. And, you know, if we were praying to God, when we pray to God and just ask God to reveal to us, you know, our sinful nature and reveal to us how we are affecting others and ask the Lord to fill us with his Holy Spirit to help us be the light in the darkness is a wonderful prayer to pray, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me walk the way you want me to walk and where you want me to walk. Let me say the words that you want me to say. Let me think the thoughts and hold the thoughts captive that you want me to have there. And let me speak words of encouragement and inspiration to those that I come in contact with. Help me to leave people better than when before I found them, before I was with them. Help me to leave them better because of me being with them. Help me with that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that. This is true freedom, and true freedom only exists in Jesus Christ. How does it happen? God changes our heart by his Holy Spirit. God makes us spiritually alive by giving us a new heart. This heart desires to love God. It sees Jesus Christ as beautiful and desires to love him as the Lord and Savior of our life. Lord and Savior of our entire life, not in a shoebox over here and put them up on the shelf for Sunday morning. It's all day, every day. 
It's a difference in the way we do things. By faith, we give our life to Jesus and receive his forgiveness and freedom from sin. Not only this, but we are now free to do the very thing we were created to do, to honor and enjoy God forever. And this joy in God is from our heart, our new heart given to us by God. This is true freedom, and this is grace. If you've never experienced this type of freedom, if you've never been freed from bondage, if you right now are living in, oh, I don't know, a closet. If you're listening, I just think of a closet because it's dark. If you're living in fear, if you're living in a secret, if you're living in some type of situation that's holding you captive, it's holding you in bondage from the freedom that God gives us to be accepted for who we are. God loves us no matter where we've been, no matter what we think, no matter what we've done. He loves us anyway. He'll embrace us anyway. And when I truly, truly got that into my soul, I broke down like a baby, and I cried, cried, cried. Why? Because I didn't think I was worthy to receive him and his love. I didn't feel I was, I was in a place where I could receive anybody's love because I just seemed like I had made so many wrong choices and been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let me just give you this. He's there for you, and he never sleeps. He's there You can pray. You can talk to him. It doesn't have to be some extravagant thing. Just talk to him like you talk to a friend. Talk to him. Ask him to show you, to reveal to you what he wants from you. And he will do that. Believe that he will do that. He will change your perception. He will change your belief system to where you're looking for the good, not the bad, in others and in yourself. I was hardest on myself. I put myself down all the time. My self-talk was so bad. I just was unworthy. And I told myself that all the time. And that's a lie from the devil. And if you are, if you have those voices and you have that talk going on with you, stop. Stop yourself from listening to that. And all you need to do is when you hear those things, if you hear that self-talk, it's not something out loud. It's something in your brain. Just say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I rebuke that. And just speak the name of Jesus over anything that's going on in your life. And this wasn't the direction I was going today. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit is telling me this is what needs to be said because it might be you, but someone needs to hear this. And I have to tell you the freedom that comes from you knowing how to fight this battle. Because this battle is not flesh and blood. It's in the Spirit. And the devil doesn't want you to achieve. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to be free. He wants you to be held down, pressed down, and he doesn't want you to really experience what God has for you. But guess what? I really want you to experience all of that, and even more than me. I'm little. God is so big, and he wants, he created you, and you have a purpose on this world. Don't ever think that you have no reason for being here, because your reason is very big. Did you hear that? The reason you are here, you were created because there's something that God wants you to do. And guess what? Only you can do it. Only you. Ask him to reveal to you what that is. You have a purpose on this earth, and it's big. It's big, and it might be uncomfortable, but it's so wonderful. But you have to be freed first. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. 
What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion. Learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. You know, Ecola Termite and Pest Control has been around since 1983, and Ecola Termite and Pest Control is an essential company, which means we've been working through this along with you. And it's not easy to get up and get at them. It's not easy to not have a job and to stay home either. And I realize that. Believe me, I'm thankful that I was I, I was able to get up and get at them. But it's not easy to go to someone's house and, you know, to have them not want to have your service or to lose a job and not have the finances. Yeah, that's not easy. So what we did was we, we thought, how can we help? How can Ecola help to make this better and to, to be part of the solution? And so what we did was we found a disinfectant that we are using. And so when we come to your home, we are in full gear because we have always, we always have the safety, you know, um, all the safety equipment because we're dealing with, with chemicals. And so we are trained and reg- highly regulated to wear the proper uh, safety equipment such as the um, respirator, the gloves, the full-on gear. We even wear booties when we go in the house. We wear everything and do everything uh, according to the regulations of being safe. Then we found this disinfectant that's supposed to be very, very strong. It's got a danger label, which is the highest le- level of uh, you know um, danger. I mean, it's, it's the most potent there is. So we have to wear all of our gear. 
Anyway, what we're doing is we're doing leave it clean. And what that means is that when we come to your home, we always say, we are healthy. I don't want my employees coming to work if they're not healthy. And then we ask if there's anybody in the household that's not healthy because obviously I don't want my employees to be going into a home that is not healthy. So we always ask that question. We are healthy. Is everybody in your house healthy? And then if we can just treat the outside and keep everything at a distance, then we will do that. But if there's a necessity for us to go inside, we do, and we take all precautions that we need to take for everybody concerned, and we have this treatment, this disinfectant. So we actually treat all areas that are frequently touched um, with, you know, hands, you know, because that's the deliverer uh, of these, these diseases and viruses. So we take care of that. So all frequently touched areas we take care of. So it's called the Leave It Clean uh, program. Some people want us to do it. Some people don't, and that's okay. But we at least offer it, and we don't charge extra for it right now because we feel like this is our way of adding value and just letting everybody be more at peace with the situation as it sits right now. So thank you, E. coli, termite, and pest control for being there for my employees that are just the bomb. They just are so good. They they are taking such good care of the situation, and uh, they really care. I'm just so touched by the teamwork, by the unity. It's better than it's ever been at our company, and I always strive for that. And it's like it's so much better right now than it's ever been. And everybody is, what can I do to help attitude? And it's just so wonderful to be around. And also on another note, if you are looking for a new career, E. coli termite and pest control is looking for great attitude people. You have to have a clean driving record. And you do get fingerprinted by the FBI because we, we only want the best of the best. And we want to make sure that everybody has got peace of mind of who's coming into the home and all of those good things. So you have to drive really well and you, you, know, you have to have good choices in your life. And so that would be that. So uh, if you're looking for a new career, please contact us by going to termitelady.com. And there's an application there. And, and that's my uh, – I, I just wanted to, sit, to you know, speak up and speak out about E. coli and how we've been you know, just helping. And I have to tell you, the companies that I do business with, such as Salem Communications, I have to do a shout-out for that and, and other companies that I'm dealing with where we're all working together to financially make it work. Um, it's been very helpful. I mean, and the companies that are working side-by-side side with E. coli and E. coli is working side-by-side side with, you know, as a, a business owner, you don't forget those things. Those relationships mean so much more than the dollar that, uh, you know, in t- when times get tough and everybody pulls together and we make it work together, it just changes the heart of the matter of business and personal relationships. So I just, from the bottom of my heart, the top of my heart, and the sides of, both of my heart, both sides, um, I'm just so filled with gratefulness for the people that have been of help, for our business staying open, for the customers that are continually, you know, letting us come and take care of them. I'm just so grateful and so thankful. So thank you for those of you that have used E. coli. And, you know, if you have a need, whether it's pest, termite, rodent, insulation, mosquitoes is a new service we're offering now because, man, I, I, I do not like getting bit by, by mosquitoes. How about you? So all that being said. All right. So Freedom in Christ. And this is by Larry Fowler. In the land of the free, we often confuse the true nature of freedom. For many of us, freedom has become synonymous with personal independence, the ability to make our own decisions and choose our own path in life, to do whatever we want, whenever we want. It's what I call outside freedom. But this is not the freedom that Jesus promised 
us. When Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah, he said that he had come to earth to proclaim freedom. See, there you go. It is in there. Proclaim freedom. Luke 4, 18. And on another occasion, he said, if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. How many of you have experienced that freedom and that grace that only Jesus can provide? I have. Changed me forever. How about you? Jesus was not setting us free to do whatever we wanted. He was freeing us to do what we ought to do. He was liberating us to walk in relationship with God and to be the kind of people he created us to be. The spiritual freedom is what I call inside freedom, the ability to obey God and choose his will for our lives. And this is the freedom that sin had long denied us. Sin brings a penalty that by ourselves we can't escape either. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death, Romans 6.23. How do we find freedom from the penalty and power of sin? That comes through accepting Jesus Christ's death on the cross as the payment for our sin. As we submit to Christ, sin loses its power. Did you hear that? Sin loses its power. Christ's power takes over. As we choose to trust and follow him, our sinful habits, thoughts, and attitudes lose their control. Guilt disappears and peace of mind dominates, kind of like my story. Right habits become the norm. That's freedom, true freedom. The following activities and discussions are designed to help you guide your child toward a biblical understanding of freedom. As you explore this important topic with your child, may you both find joy in the freedom that comes from Christ. Key points. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. That's a good lesson for children. Without Christ, we are slaves to sin, unable to do what is right. Christ's death on the cross set us free from the penalty and power of sin. Here's a family memory verse. Are you ready? John eight thirty six. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's that again. If the Son sets you free. How does the Son set you free? Do you know You have to ask him. You just ask him to forgive you and then forgive yourself. So there's a scripture study and it's suggesting some scriptures. And I don't know if I have time to read the actual scriptures, but I'll give you the address to the scriptures. And this is an in-depth look at freedom in Christ. Read these Bible passages. John 8, 31 through 36, Romans 6, 11 through 23, Romans 7, 14, through 25, Galatians 3:23, 4 through 7, and Galatians 5:13-14. And I had uh, Lydia write uh, to have them printed out. And so if I was going to choose just one, um, what I am saying, this is Galatians 5:13-14. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees, which is parents, until the time set by his father. So also when we are under age, we were in slavery under the element spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you 
also an heir. It's really good to know that you're an heir of the Holy One. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The world defines freedom as a life without any restraint. I can do anything I want to do and say anything I want to say without anybody ordering me around. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I have. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else may get burned by you, but you get to do it your own way. The world says you can have your freedom, but only by being totally selfish. You can have it your way, right? Yet the Bible says the only way to true freedom is through Jesus. If the Son sets you free, again, then you will be really free. Real freedom is freedom from fear, where you're truly free from guilt, worry, bitterness, and death. You're free to quit pretending because you're free to be yourself. What a freedom that is. Think about that. I can just take a deep breath when I think about guilt. Okay, let's put something. How many of you out there right now would say that there's been guilt in your life, that there's something you regret? There's something in your life that you wish you would have chosen differently. Okay, now when you think about that, is there any emotional impact when you think about that now? Are you feeling guilty Does it have impact? Because if it does, then you haven't forgiven yourself or you haven't asked God to forgive you. So you're holding that. You're carrying that cross. You're carrying that with you, that guilt. I had an abortion. I'm not proud of it at all. And the only reason I bring it up is because of the healing power of Jesus Christ, that I know he's in heaven and I know that he's loved and that he's 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 up there and I will see him again. But I could have gone through my entire life feeling guilty about that. Am I happy about it? Do I feel good about it? No. But I had to forgive myself for the decision I made way, way, way back. And I don't feel guilt anymore for that. It is what it is. I made a wrong choice and God has forgiven me. And I'm telling you that for your good, not mine. I'm healed in Jesus' name. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. But there's some of you out there that are not. That the word guilt, worry, bitterness, you're still under that. And I'm telling you, you can be free. I mean, real, true freedom to where you understand that God loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he loves you. And he forgives you and he gives you his grace. And his grace is sufficient. And some of you need that freedom from that bondage that you're carrying. As if you know, you're beating yourself up and it's not doing anybody There is no, it's not doing anybody any good. And all it's doing is hindering you from being all God created you to be. He wants you to be freed from this bondage. He wants you to understand who he is and who you are in him. And once you do that, the freedom will come. So how do you get rid of those kinds of fears? Are you ready for the answer? How do you get rid of of those kind of fears by letting yes letting God love you that just those words sound so simple don't they they sound so simple the apostle John teaches there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear when you realize how much God loves you you'll begin to live in true freedom in fact you worship God when you recognize that God is love It is an act of worship to agree that he is a loving, caring, generous God 
and that we can rely on the love God has for us. We can rely on his love. And like I said before, you know, people think that, you know, Christians are weak. That's why they need a God. I've heard that. How about you? Have you heard that? And I can honestly say that it, it, I think it takes more strength to be a Christian. I think it takes more strength. I don't think it takes a weak person to be a Christian. I think it takes a strong person to be a Christian and to stand boldly for what we believe in and what we think. It, it's not an easy road. It isn't. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will put you down and, and whatever. I think about the end days and I think about my end day. And, and I think about, and, and you could do this too, as you know, I've said this in other shows, is that your funeral, you know, some of us have people that have died that are close to us that we love a lot and they're, they're no longer here, they're gone. And hopefully they're in heaven. Hopefully they are. And at the funeral, what were people saying about that person? And then I think about my funeral. What are they going to say about Sue? What are they going to say about me? And then the next question is, what are they going to say about you? What are they going to say? What are the words that are going to come out of their mouths when they describe the relationship with you? And I think that, you know, for me, I'm a goal-oriented person. I look at the end, the end game, you know, the end where, where I'm going, you know, like the arrow and the target. And you want to get to the bullseye, right? You want to shoot the arrow and you want to get it just exactly in that bullseye. You have to really have focus on that in order to make that happen. And another thing that just came to my mind is, uh, you know, when I was younger, I would ride my bike and I would take my, my hands off this, the handlebars, you know, to balance on and, and to be able to ride the bike without having my hands on the handlebar. Have you tried that? I did that recently and it's like, oh, I still can do this. Woo-hoo. But what I discovered was is that if I stared directly down at the line in the middle of the road, I couldn't stay on that line. But when I looked down the line, when I looked all the way down the line and I looked far out there, I could focus on the line out there and it caused my will to stay on the line. What's a lesson in that? I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to explain it because I think anybody with any visual at all can understand that, you know, looking down the line, looking further ahead, it kind of helps you stay on the straight and narrow instead of just thinking about right now. Okay. We only have today, but we need to plan for tomorrow. So live your life, you know, take some chances, take a little bit of chances, you know, pull yourself out of your comfort zone, enjoy life, maybe karaoke, I don't know, whatever, do something that's not comfortable for you to do. I jumped out of a plane when I turned 60. I didn't want to jump out of a plane, but I did it because doggone it, I was so afraid of it, I had to do it. So I did it. Would I do it again? No. That was a one-time thing. But some people really enjoy doing it. It wasn't one of my favorite things. I'm glad I'm here to talk about it. Anyway, but step out of your comfort zone because, you know, those experiences are kind of interesting to do. It's fun. It's fun to step out of your comfort zone. So where I was going with that is what's your end game? What does that look like to you? What are you going to do different now than you were doing yesterday? How can you make your life different? If you don't like how your life is, look at the person in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. What can you do to make you a better person? Read the Bible. Pray. Ask the Lord to reveal to you. Talk to those that are closest to you that are not going to tell you what you want to hear, but they're going to tell you what you need to hear. Okay? And that's not easy to do. Okay? And you just be quiet and listen. Ask the question. Let them answer. 
And don't defend yourself. Just take it. Take it like a grown-up. And if there's any truth to it, digest it. You know, take some time to think about it. And then maybe pray about it and ask God to reveal to you, is there truth in this? And if there is, Lord, please help me be better. Help me fix this. Search me and know me, O God. Is there any evil way in me? Pluck it out. Psalm 139, my favorite scripture in the whole entire Bible. Search me and know me. And if there's anything that's not worshiping you, if it's not glorifying you, please take it away. And you know, when we ask God to do that, it's much easier than we try to do it ourselves. It is so much easier. It's like we don't even want it anymore. It's just, it's just gone. I have friends that are saying, oh, I have to get my life together before I receive the Lord. I, I have to, you know, clean up. I said, no, you don't. You need to just, you know, come to me all, you know, as children. And he, he will give you rest. Come to me now. He wants you now, just as you are. He created you anyway. He knew every thought, every hair, when you were in your mother's womb. He knew. He knows you now. And he still loves you. Can you believe that? He still loves you. And he wants you to be close to him. He does. So I'm going to read from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence, Sarah Young. And I have to admit, today I didn't know what the date was. So I asked what the date was, and I started reading it. And I, again, once again, was amazed at this. So are you ready? So you can be amazed right along with me. Here we go. In a world of unrelenting changes, boy, I'll say, I am the one who never changes. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Find in me the stability for which you have yearned. Find in me the stability. Do you want to be stable? Boy, that's a good word. I created a beautifully ordered world, one that reflected my perfection. Now, however, the world is under the bondage of sin and evil. Would you agree? Every person on the planet faces gaping jaws of uncertainty. The only antidote to this poisonous threat is drawing closer to me. Poisonous threat. That's in here. Really, seriously, it is. Poisonous threat. The only antidote is to draw closer to him. In my presence, you can face uncertainty with perfect peace. Perfect peace. How about you? Do you want some peace with your freedoms? Do you want some peace? Revelation twenty two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's something I pray all the time. I pray that all the time. I didn't know where it was in the Bible, so now I do. Revelations twenty two thirteen. I didn't know where it was. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. John sixteen thirty three. I'd write that scripture down and read that over and over and over again. He's telling us to be of good cheer. Sometimes we don't feel like being of good cheer. I know that. But he's telling us to take courage, to be confident. Are these things that you could say about yourself? 
Are you courageous? Are you confident? Are you certain? And are you undaunted? And if you're not, what are you going to do to get those characteristics, to get those feelings and that uh, that confidence? Where are you going to go? John 16.33 Perfect peace and confidence. Perfect peace and confidence. There's things coming at us all day, every day, isn't there? There's things coming at us all the time. And we can be, you know the wind in the the tree that that's not firmly rooted that just you know kind of pulls with the wind but the roots come up because they're not firmly planted or we can be the tree that's firmly planted that the foundation is strong how do you get a strong foundation what are you basing your foundation on confidence you need to be confident find your confidence with the lord and he will He will just give you that peace. Look at the person in the mirror and pray, Lord, show me. Show me what I need to do differently. Ask those that you trust to help you with how to be better as a person. And you will be a better person and other people will be drawn to you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.